Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Adam Shoemaker from Adam Fit in Portland, Oregon. Adam, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. And let's hop right into it. Tell us about Adam Fit. Yeah, it was a, a kind of a punk rock DIY operation born out of uh, working for big box gyms, born out of uh, being a district manager, working for boutiques, kind of going through lots of different experiences and, uh, you know, going solo, starting a kind of a home operation out of my garage during COVID. I think for a lot of people, it can be a hairy operation, but I've been in the industry for seven years. I've met a lot of people. I've developed a good client base and they're very loyal. And that has brought me uh, a lot of big dividends during, during COVID. So I've had an awesome time kind of doing a deep dive on what it means to work by yourself, what it means to build out a gym by yourself and what it means to kind of hold on to clientele and build your clientele through a referral network. So hopefully that's a good breakdown. Also, there's a squirrel involved. I just want to say that we can expand on that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so you are a... Solo, you know, kind of one man operation, personal training studio uh, right now operating out of a converted one, one car garage, right? That's exactly correct. And as you said, born of out of sort of necessity, a little bit of pandemic sprinkled in. If people haven't heard about that, it's been worldwide for the past couple of years. But, you know, that may have thrown the wrench in a lot of people's plans. But you had the experience of the big box gyms. You had the experience of the boutique gyms. You knew what you liked and what you didn't like. So at some point you're sitting home during the pandemic and you're like, well, I think I'm going to do this the way I want. And it kind of dominoes fell from there. Yeah, it's uh, it's been the dream for a long time to do something like this. I had intended for it to happen like by my own volition, but it kind of happened. I kind of got pushed into it. Probably like a lot of people, they were kind of forced to make a decision. A lot of people here in Portland, Oregon had to shutter their doors. A lot of big gyms or smaller gyms really had to kind of shutter their doors because there was a mandate where you couldn't have a certain number of people indoors at, at, at a time. So I'm really glad that I you know, had the opportunity to dig deep and find a way to flourish during this time. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. but No, it, it certainly does. So you, op- you got some equipment together, converted garage registered your business, you're, you're ready to rock and roll. Um, tell us a little bit about how you started. You didn't start with people in person, right? Because it was during the pandemic. So how did that progress? Yeah, I had a, I had built up a pretty solid client base uh, during my stint at the big box gyms, but especially working for a smaller, more boutique gym locally in Portland. I uh, had a lot of time to get to know the community. And I also was involved in an accident. Uh, I was hit on my bicycle by a FedEx truck and I had to go to physical therapy. It was, it was this whole ordeal um, and ended up in another accident where I had a meniscus tear. So I ended up in physical therapy for two different things and developed a really good relationship with an awesome physical therapy center here in Portland that now is an awesome referral network. And I, I, I just want to let all the other trainers know out there, physical therapists are your friends. They have people that graduate from their services that are looking to progress even further post-injury. And you are an awesome person 
to help them. So I would encourage everyone out there to, to do what I did and, and try, you know, creating a relationship with, with a physical therapist. Cause that's how I get a lot of my clients these days. Um, uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say for a second, you encourage them to do what you did and get hit by a truck. I was like, well, <laughs> I can't really condone that on the podcast out of my name. Some people, <laughs> some people might find a flaw in that logic. All you have to do to get a successful business is just wander out in the street real quick, hang out there for a little while. <laughs> uh, you know, I have heard there are some people whose entire career is, is wandering out in front of vehicles, but that's, that's a different topic for a different podcast. We'll leave that to Joe Rogan or, or someone else. But so you're right. Um, referral networks, having professionals is good. And I'll put the caveat on that. If you're a good trainer, right? Because Absolutely. Physical therapists will sniff that shit out immediately and not send you another person if you're not a good trainer and you make them look bad, just like any other professional would. So I know it's it should go without saying, but if you're just cutting your teeth, if you're not sure, if you're kind of stretching out of your lane into doing some corrective stuff, be sure you know who you're partnering up with because uh, as good as it can be, you don't want to burn that bridge, right? You want to make sure that you are the person that they can feel confident in sending someone to, but yeah, absolutely. So you right now, let's well, your one man show. Um, how many sessions a week are you doing? How busy are you? How many hours of your life is this whole thing taking up between the training aspect and the management ownership acts? Uh, that is a wonderful question. Yeah. I probably do <clears throat> on the weekdays. I probably do maybe an hour or so of kind of office work as far as like planning programming, doing invoicing, um, just maybe a little bit of tax related stuff. Um, I probably spend six to eight hours actually doing sessions. I usually shoot for about eight sessions for each of the weekdays, maybe a little bit on the weekend. So I usually work about 40 hours a week. I also train myself. I do uh, kind of physical therapy work for myself an hour or so in the morning before I start work. And then I do a strength session usually for about an hour after work. And then usually midway through the day, I have a lunch break where I go on a run. So I, my work days, quote unquote, work days tend to last, you know, 10, 11, 12 hours in terms of like the work that I do on myself to help keep myself in a place where I can be kind of on the cutting edge, the work I do on the back office and the work I do physically, you know, working one-on-one -on -one with people. It's probably, you know, 10 to 12 hours per day on the weekdays. So that's so the amount of time I put into it. So your days are, are pretty close to maxed out from a, in energy and return on investment standpoint right now, you're about as busy as makes sense for what you want to do. Exactly. And, and I'm kind of at a point too, where I'm starting to consider what's a good next step for me. And I've, I think I've just now gotten to the point where I feel really comfortable with the amount of work I'm doing right now. I feel like I'm really into a, into a routine. I'm not sure if a lot of other, you know, small business owners know what that's like of kind of like going through that kind of chaotic period, trying to get everything organized and actually finding out that it is organized and things are going smoothly and you're kind of just coasting along. I've been coasting along like this for, um, you know, a few months to a year and feeling really good. And I'm kind of eyeballing what's the next step for me. What's a good way to expand? Should I consider hiring an employee? Should I start kind of a meal prep service? So I'm in a really fortunate position right now to kind of position myself for what's next. Yeah. 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 So one of those things that, that you mentioned that a lot of people we talk to aren't doing is you're in it and you're, we'll, we'll say you're fairly new as a, as a business owner, right? Working for yourself and managing your time and all that. 
but you're prioritizing. You still have time for yourself. Like you said, a, a little bit of prehab, rehab work in the morning, your runs, your strength session. So you haven't given up taking care of yourself in the pursuit of growing this business and wherever your journey as, a, as an owner is going. That's such a good question. I'd like to actually speak to that um, in my personal experience, wherein people are always asking me, hey, I notice your attrition is really low. A lot of my clients, I've had a client for like seven years. I've had numerous clients for like five, six years, and I've had a good amount of clients for the two to three year mark. Uh, I don't have my clients sign contracts, not like no year contracts, not even contracts in general. Everything's handshake. I know it's very unusual in this business not to have people locked in. I don't sell big, long, expensive packages. I bill monthly. And some of the one of the main reasons that I believe that I hold on to clients so well is because my clients see me living the brand and my clients see me probably as a guy that would do this thing, whether he was getting paid a lot or not. If I was getting paid peanuts, I'd probably have a very similar uh, schedule. I have a very similar level of discipline because I'm passionate about fitness personally. It's, it's done wonderful things for me physically, mentally, and spiritually. I think people recognize that. And I think that's what pe keeps people coming back less because uh, I have a way of marketing to them or, you know, uh, sucking them into the pipeline, so to speak, and more because they see a guy who, who is just kind of living it. And they're like, I want to be around this guy because uh, he seems to be, uh, keep a really high level of energy and, and keep a really strong focus. Not to toot my own horn. I just want to let you know, it's really important to me not to be a hypocrite in any way, shape or form. And I've struggled with that <laughs> for years before I've gotten to where I'm at today, just because I want to make sure if I'm asking a client to do something challenging, they can bet their ass that I've done something considerably challenging in my own opinion for what's challenging for me, you know, on any given day if that makes sense. No, it makes total, total sense. So you are walking the walk and talking the talk in a way that sometimes gets, I shouldn't even say sometimes, let's be real, right? This podcast is about being real. Very often is the case of we love fitness. We love training. We want to spread it to as many people as we can. And we let our own personal care just go to shit is what happens a lot. So often you see posts about it on Instagram, like, Hey, I fell off the wagon guys. It's been a week. I've had a really tough time. Da, 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 da. I'm trying to, you know, get the motivation to get back on the train. People that are amazing athletes, amazing trainers, just find that sometimes they're just, and it happens to me sometimes too, but I, it's all about putting, putting that intention in place, having good habits already in place. So you don't have to overthink and just already know, Hey, this is my routine. This is what I do every day. It's, it's working for me. And I'm going to stick to it. And that's, that's, that's what keeps my wheels on the road, dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Something that I, I want to ask about that you, you kind of touched on a little bit was pricing, right? You have been in big boxes and you've been in studios. So you have your, a really good handle of what good training, average training, big box boutique, what it's worth in your area. And a lot of times when uh, trainers will start off on their own, the first thing they do is lower their prices, right? They try to be inexpensive for, for any number of reasons. Usually it's just a matter of undervaluing themselves. So how did you figure out where your pricing was going to be and how competitive you're going to be in the market and, and where you want it to be? It's a really good question. I've, I've given a lot of thought 
too. Um, I think a lot of, like a lot of trainers, I struggled kind of early on with undervaluing my services. And it wasn't until it kind of occurred to me, geez, I have a lot of years under my belt for one. For two, I put a lot of effort into kind of gaining a pretty respectable amount of certifications from a, a lot of different kind of disparate aspects of fitness. I have a NASM CES that I'm really proud of. That's, I think it's a really important one to know how to help people that are midway through rehab or, you know, working on uh, correcting an injury. Um, CES stands for corrective exercise specialist. Um, and also just, it's so important to make sure, especially early on that you spend time uh, with a mentor who is really good at what they do. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have spent time under, you know, three, four, five different, really amazing, you know, veteran trainers that taught me a lot of things. So um, I feel really confident charging a pretty premium price. Uh, I usually do billing at the start of the month. So when the month starts, I send out invoices to my clients for the, the month ahead. And they uh, choose their time slots that are the same every week. And I just run it like that, you know. If you give me 24 hours notice, I can find you a makeup session. Uh, if you don't, I keep your money. That's just kind of the agreement we have. And it's worked wonderfully because, you know, they know I'm going to show up. They show up. It goes well. Uh, there's never been any fuss about the way I invoice. And until there is, I'm not going to change my, the way I do things. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty solid system and, and basically allows you to plan your expenses, what you can expect for the month, you know, you know, very early on in the month, right? I'm going to take in, I'm just making up numbers. I don't know anything about Adam's business on the side. So I'm, I'm happy to share if you, if you want real numbers. Well, I totally up to you, but regardless of what it is, right? You start your month knowing I'm going to make X amount, right? $6,000 this month. And then you can plan around that. And you expect that your clients know that that's how you run your business and they respect it. Yeah, absolutely. And I also let them know like what the trajectory is. Like, here's what I intend to do with you this month. Here's what I intend to see. It's six months down the road, a year down the road. I always like to paint a picture. I always like to let people know where they're going, where they're at in the process. It's never this sort of nebulous thing. Like, hey, we're just going to work on bicep curls for a little while. It's always like, it's really important to me to make sure that the work I do is, is, is tailored to the individual and their skill level. It's also tailored to their lifestyle. It's really important to me to make sure that all my clients, um, they're not just collecting this sort of like burlap sack full of fitness coins. I actually want them to spend their fucking coins that they're accumulating and not just get gym strong. You know, we live in the Pacific Northwest and the summertime, I expect my clients to get outside and go running and hiking and swimming and playing and enjoy themselves. And, and that's the philosophy I build too is, Hey, you know, we're doing this work so that you can go out and enjoy your life uh, in the summertime. And obviously in the Pacific Northwest, we have kind of long, dreary falls, winters, springs a little bit. It gets dark. The sun goes down early, all that kind of stuff. So I tend to make my clients work harder on the off season, you know, and I, all those types of things that I take into account helps kind of create a cool seasonal experience with a lot of types of things people can expect uh, from my style. And um, yeah, I kind of went off in the weeds there a little bit, but no, that's anyway. fine. That's, that's, that's what we're here for, right? We want to hear how you have a unique perspective and how it shapes what you do, right? Because if we just talk to people who are in central Texas all the time, they'd be like, hey, man, it's too hot to go outside for four months of the year. We don't do that stuff, right? We survived yeah. because we have air conditioning in the gym, whatever it is, right? So it's oh, I lived in Bangkok. I know all about needing air conditioning in the gym. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's pretty much all year round, right? Oh, Bangkok, like it's, it's brutal. Like you can, you can hang out outside for a little while, but if you're trying to, if you're trying to train for an hour or two out there, it takes a while before your body can handle it. That, let's just say electrolytes, you got to kind of carry a utility belt or something with electrolytes in it. If you want to try to train outside for a long time. <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's the best uh, lose weight quick plan ever is just top on a plane and go do three hours a day in Muay Thai in, in Bangkok. You'll, it doesn't matter what you do. You'll yeah, if you want to feel your body evaporate, yeah, go ahead and fly to Bangkok real quick and just go outside and start training. <laughs> yeah. So we talked a little bit, and I know that you're at a stage where you're considering, you know, what your next moves may be, you know, what, when you're going to, you know, put some energy into something else. And, and to be honest, it sounds like your energy is somewhere between infinite and limitless, but um, you also... <laughs> You have to you have to direct it somewhere, right? You can't be like uh, Cyclops with the glasses off, shooting laser beams everywhere. So no, thank you. Um, yes, that's that's a wonderful metaphor, by the way. If you want to continue using X Men metaphors for the remainder of our interview, I'd be really cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll have to make some new ones up on the fly, but hey, maybe that maybe that's my talent in life. Hell so yeah. you're in the Pacific Northwest, and you know, I think generally speaking, cost of living is a little higher than in other places that aren't as cool. Um, if, if, we, <laughs> if we can, I mean, it's just realistic, right? It's expensive because people want to be there. Um, it's pretty hip, dude. It's pretty hip it, up here. It, it may not be quite, you know, Seattle outrageous, but it's not far off. So, you no. know, is part of your evolution, um, again, and you can talk about this to whatever degree you want to get into it, where you want to be as far as your personal comfort, finances, long-term retirement. I mean, not that that stuff is on the immediate horizon, but when you start working for yourself, everything is on your back. So um, where does that put you as far as influence on your next step of business evolution? And is there a premium for bringing the squirrel along with you as you travel? <laughs> yeah, for the listeners out there, I live in a house with three fir trees. There was a mom that abandoned a squirrel. Um, so I started taking care of it. And now I kind of have a semi-pet squirrel that does chill with me a lot during my work days. So if you come train with me, there's a pretty good chance I'll have a squirrel sitting on my shoulder, chilling, hanging out. So just so the audience knows, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, yeah, it's a huge challenge. All, insurance, getting an IRA, a 401k, all that type of stuff is a, is a major pain in the butt. I've had to go through that process this last year or two of like, okay, now I, you know, I have a nice healthy IRA. I put that together and making sure I'm making deposits. Um, I, you know, formed, formed an LLC. Okay. Got it. Um, I, uh, you know, had to go through the process of getting insurance. All that stuff is a huge pain in the butt. Um, it's one of the more challenging parts of being a gym owner is just um, going through the process, filling out the paperwork, uh, making sure you're allocating a certain amount of your finances to that. That's probably the least fun part of, of, of running a business is, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of work and find and finding the right tax professional, someone who understands what you want, what you're trying to do. Um, it's all challenging. It's all doable. If I can do it, literally anybody can do it. I fumbled so much along the way, but, uh, but yeah, all that stuff is set up. Um, and as far as the future goes, I think right now, the most important thing for me is just having that sense of equanimity. That word is always really important to me. I never want to take any business steps forward where I feel like I can't sustain amazing relationships and be, uh, and just have really good, uh, kind of, you know, infinite control over, how the operations work. And that's what's kind of prevented me from taking the next step of hiring employees and getting a bigger facility. Um, 
is my trepidation around, can I ensure that I can maintain the same level of quality and all that type of stuff? Um, but I would say within a year or two, I'll kind of be on the cusp and ready for the change there, if that answers your question. I'm still not quite there yet. I'm still kind of in the groove and still kind of cementing some of the stuff I'm working with right now. Yeah, so that, that definitely does answer my question. And you said equanimity and trepidation in the same answer. <laughs> So you get 100 bonus points that you cannot spend anywhere, um, but but they you can put them in the burlap sack of fitness coins and hey that and you know a couple bucks will get you a coffee. So um, what I'm always really curious about is as you think about things like that, um, and the reason I brought up cost of living and income and things like that is is not so much even from the sense of where you are as a business because that's important. But it's it's the driver, right? If you if you are at a point where you're comfortable, which I think you said you are, you're not freaking out about paying your bills and things like that. No, no past that point now. What's the um, you know, kind of intrinsic motivation? Is it I want to make more money? Is it I would like to be able to influence more people, bring more fitness to the community, just meet more people and build more relationships? Like if you if you grow just for the sake of growing. Um, that sucks and usually fails. So I'm always most interested in why you would want to, if all your bills are paid and, and things are looking okay, right? What would make you want to go to that next level? I am a different breed, brother. Um, okay. I find that in my quietest, most contemplative moments, I'm far more influenced by the Buddhist monks that I know personally than I am from Instagram influencers, um, you know, that make a million dollars a year doing fitness. Uh, it's so much more important to me to do right by my community and to do right by myself and to create relationships <clears throat> than it is to, to grow my business just for the sake of growing my business. And it's really important to me too, to make sure that I'm doing a good job, not burning myself out because I love this thing. And if I can do this when I'm 80, kind of like, like Harrison Ford's age right now, if I can keep this going and also look to look as good as Harrison Ford when he's 79 or 80, that's my real goal. So I want to let it be known to the world. Harrison Ford is my North star. I just want to kind of hold it down, be a healthy senior, continue to run a, a modest but successful business and to be a kind of a notable local fitness uh, person that people know around town, but not necessarily an international superstar or a Hollywood trainer. I don't necessarily aspire to those types of heights. If it happens or organically, that's wonderful. But just to be a notable guy, hey, Adam from Portland. Oh yeah, I know that trainer. He's a cool dude. I always see him on his bike around town. That's really important to me. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, well, first of all, I wish that I could look as good now as Harrison Ford does. <laughs> so I'm, that's, that's a different, that's a different thing. So yeah, do a Harrison but, Ford uh, exclusive interview in the future. <laughs> whether you do or don't, you know, our, our listeners will never know because it's audio only. Maybe they'll Google you and find you just make sure you spell shoemaker right you don't want to s-h-u-m-a-k-e-r <laughs> portland oregon right um so that really it gives me a, a bigger glimpse into the psyche of where you are and what you're doing and i'm sure we could delve into this for at least several hours but we don't have that kind of time we are actually nearing the end of our time but mm -hmm. mainly i think the biggest thing that i would want to know is if you could go back to when you started this journey of of being a trainer, right? When you decided that you were going to do this, even before you're going to work for yourself, is there anything you would change or any piece of advice that you'd give to yourself with whatever wisdom you feel like you've acquired over the, the last years? There is. 
slow down. Just generally slow down, think, let yourself be alone with your thoughts. What do you, what, what do you think? Or just, just generally. No matter who you are or where you come from, if it's 2021 for you, slow down. You can kind of take that and copy and paste it into any portion or genre of your life that you're talking about. And it's good advice. People are thinking too fast. They're doing too much. They're multitasking too much. Whatever you're doing right now, just focus on that. And uh, to take some advice from the previous podcast before me, watch out for chasing shiny objects. Absolutely. That that can go very badly, very quickly. Matter of fact, I think most of the time. And those two things kind of go together, right? It's, yeah, chasing shiny objects, you have to run fast to chase. So Right. And you you can't focus on what you're doing. So with that said, we are at a at a close here. We're at a stop. I thank you so much for being here today. I look forward to checking in on you, seeing where things go, uh, the evolution of Adam Fit. And does the squirrel have a name? Yeah, his name's Sir Paul McCartney. I was listening to a whole bunch of Beatles and stuff when uh, when I found him. So he's Sir Paul, and he does come when he is called. Perfect. So we'll be we'll be checking in on both of you. I thank you so much for your time. Dom, thank you so here. much, brother. It's been awesome meeting you too. Awesome. To everybody out there listening, we thank you for your time too. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with us. If you want to hear more episodes, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button. If you didn't know, now you know. Um, if you want to be on the show, there's a link in the description. Click it, fill out the form. Someone from the team, maybe it'll be me. It definitely won't be Sir Paul McCartney, the squirrel. He probably can't type. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business model as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Gabby. Gabby, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Yeah, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's kind of go ahead and get right into this. So what is the name of your facility and what is your position at that facility? Um, so I am the regional manager of Anytime Fitness Los Angeles group, which includes three clubs, El Segundo Anytime Fitness, Culver City Anytime Fitness, and Pasadena Anytime Fitness. Okay. All right. Awesome. And about how long, how long have you been um, in that role? About two years now. Two years. Okay. Got it. So I know that, uh, or at least I would hope not, I hope they wouldn't just put you in that position with no prior experience in the industry. So. <laughs> Kind of uh, let me in on um, how, how long have you been in the industry? What um, what made you want to get into it? About 10 to 15 years, actually, a little more than that. Um, I 
was in the process of getting my medical certification, my medical assisting certification. And I kind of diverted from that and found that I really fell in love with fitness and helping people. And so um, I went from being a trainer and I've done everything from private training to group training. Um, Then I went on to be a fitness manager for Mm -hmm. about 10 years at uh, a big box gym. Okay. And from there, I decided to, you know, go to the dark side to a boutique gym. And oh, yeah. It's, that's a huge change, um, going from a big box gym to a boutique gym, a franchise. Uh, yeah. So I came in um, to Anytime Fitness, working for Austin and James, the two owners, as a fitness director for one facility, and then very quickly took over the three facilities and became the re- uh, regional manager. Okay. Uh, awesome. So, so you came in and they're like, okay, like she knows what she's doing. Like we need to, we need to bump her up. So So I'm curious. So like, so I kind of same story for me. So, or similar. So I was, um, worked at a big box gym and, you know, kind of went away from it for a while. I was a trainer, uh, then opened a vitamin and supplement shop and then it went to, um, a gym. So the, the thing about my gym is it's similar to like, we have a big box layout, like we're the same size, same services, except, you know, it's locally owned. So I know that, you know, the differences that I saw coming from like a corporate style gym to, you know, a, a privately owned gym. So what, um, what did you experience there? Like, what were the major differences there? Um, even like, as far as it could be operations, but even like clientele. You know, it's, it's interesting because I believe that everything I learned about not being a bad manager <laughs> came from my experience at a big box gym. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate that I experienced that, but it's made me a, a great manager now um, for these three clubs. I, I think that the corporate and like the mom and pops, it's such a big difference. We have a unique ability in boutique gyms to create a very like, cohesive community between not just, you know, the members, but the, you know, the staff that works there. Um, it's, it's the smaller feel of the gym to me. Um, you know, it allows for so much. It's easier to keep clean. It's easier to know every single person's name that walks in the door. And I think when you're offering a product, which is, you know, the, a gym membership or training, that product should be manageable. And for us in each gym, it becomes manageable and in a way that we're able to recognize people's birthdays, their, their names when they walk in the door, um, you know, what jobs they do, how, what type of training they like to do. We can match them with the perfect trainer. It doesn't yeah. become um, like a, I know big box gyms, you know, you have the lower price, it's like higher volume, but I think yeah. that you lose some of that the ability to really like connect with people on a super personal level. Um, I think we do really well at that in all three clubs. I think that uh, people come in and they feel like they're family. And mm-hmm. that's a really, really great feeling for me as opposed to working in a big box gym where there's just so many people, um, you don't get that same experience. That's true. That's so true. And you know, the retention is so much better when it's that way too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's harder, uh, it's harder to quit. A, it's harder to quit a relationship than it is a membership. Right. Right. You know? So, and, and that's one thing. So whenever you came into this, like when you, like when you got the job at any time, 
did had you experienced anything like that before or did you already have an idea of how it was going to be or did you just did it just happen like as far as the culture and everything um you know it's i hadn't really so i had an idea in my head as a fitness manager in a big box gym of the way i wanted to do things but of course when you work for corporate you're going to do things uh, the way they want yeah, and yeah. you know understandably i get it so I have these ideas in my head of how I would do things differently, but you know, I did not have the leeway to do that. So going mm -hmm. into these franchise gyms, they're small, they're, it's, it's easier to do things that are, um, you know, they're not, you don't have like an outline of how you have to run it. You kind mm -hmm. of see what works and then you implement that. Yeah. And I think for me, one of the biggest things, like just for example, um, working in a big box gym, you always sell training. You never sell the trainer, right? right. Because right. the trainers come and go. Yeah. So for me, it was very important to bring in a good product of a trainer. So I have these trainers that are phenomenal at all three clubs. Um, they And we sell the trainer. So we can mm -hmm. speak to who they are, the type of training they do, their ongoing education, the you know, numerous certs that they have, they are continuously evolving and, and learning and doing new things and becoming more innovative and creative. And they're such good quality trainers. Mm -hmm. Selling the trainers sells fitness, you know? And yeah, so you could sure. do that in a big box gym. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Um, I mean, because you would, yeah, I think they would crack down on it pretty hard, you know, after, after a little bit. And then, and like you said, like that person probably won't be there. Or they might right. get moved or something. You right. never know. So I'm curious. So as far as, so it's, it sounds like you guys are starting to push training quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've talked to some other Anytime Fitnesses and some, I think, and I've actually talked to one of the guys in corporate um, on here. And it seems like they're starting to go that way. Like they're, you know, they realize, hey, there's something missing here. We need to add in, you know, personal training, like because of all the revenue that's missing. Right. So I'm curious, like, what are you guys doing to get um, to get people in front of your personal trainers? Well, I think one of the biggest things people walk in the door, they get a membership at that point when they're getting that membership. Are we as salespeople introducing them to a trainer? I mean, mm -hmm. just, you know, first thing, like, are we introducing them to a trainer? Are we talking to them about their goals? Are we really kind of diving into what made them walk in the door that day? And yeah. it's not so much about a script or a pitch you're giving to somebody. It's actually having this person sit in front of you and having like a human connection with them, really getting yeah. to know them. I'm excited yeah. every time somebody walks into one of our clubs and sits down in front of me because they're there for a reason. And yes. so introducing them to a trainer goes a long way when you have the right trainers, trainers who can speak to what they do and how they can get somebody to a goal and explain it, not just a meet and greet and goodbye, or yeah. stepping in and saying, hi, I, you know, I'm a trainer that works here. An actual mm -hmm. trainer that will sit down and talk to this person in front of them, offering free sessions, you know, come in, do a free session with this trainer. Um, mm -hmm. See what it feels like for you. And yeah. I, I think I'm not a, um, I hate this, everybody would kill me for saying this. I'm not a hard closer. Uh -huh. I, I really believe so much that our trainers are so good that I believe that even if we don't sell it at point of sale, if I pass off somebody to one of the trainers, that trainer will close it. Um, yeah. Just based on how good they are, 
you know, yeah. and, and their, their personal connection they make with these people that are in front of them. And so yeah. I think, I think that that's, that's one of the ways we do it is just get somebody in the door, let them meet a trainer, talk to a trainer, mm-hmm. talk about the goals that they're expressing to us when they're purchasing a membership, you know, yes. me- membership's fine and dandy, but if you don't know what to do with it yeah, and you know, you're not going to go very far. Yeah. So that's, that's been a big one. And, you know, just having um, trainers walking the floor and talking to people, you know, mm-hmm. trainers kind of own their own business. They come yeah. and they go as they want. They're hard to keep track of typically. Yeah. So we've tried to kind of break that mold. We want trainers to walk around, talk to people, you know, see mm-hmm. what they're doing. Ask them, do you want to do a session with me? How, why don't you join a group class? You know, check it out. But we're pretty focused on being training gyms. So yeah. we like to have people not just sign up for a membership, even if they're not interested in training, just experience a trainer just one time if you never have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And out of the, so let's say, so quite a bit of people, you know, come in and I'm sure, like, do you guys have like a percentage that you're trying to hit like on schedule rate for a personal trainer or anything like that? Um, so I always, I tell the team, one of the things I did not like at big box gyms was this number you have to hit and you're only mm-hmm. as good as your last sale. We've all heard that. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think that sometimes when you remove a bit of that pressure and you say, look, you're going to get judged on your effort. Where's your effort in attaining clients? So I, I try very hard to sit down with each trainer from each gym and really kind of lay it out. Like, let's look at your business. Let's look at just forget the, the actual gym's business, just your business. What yeah. do you need to make? So it's really getting trainers involved in learning how to budget themselves. Like what kind of income do you need to make? So this mm-hmm. is what you need to make that income. You're going to need X amount of clients. You're going to need yes. to, you know, plan for when they fall off. So yes. you need to be hitting this many FCs per week. So with mm-hmm. each trainer, it's going to, it's, it differs. Obviously I have some trainers who are full time and they're packed and they work 5am to two and they're out, you know, and yeah. then that's it. And they don't need any fitness consultations because right. they have no room for them. And that's not a yeah. bad problem to have. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, having them know their business and, and understand what it is that, you know, they need to make. So you're kind of like getting your trainers to set some goals for their life mm-hmm. and applying it to them, making it more about them than it is for the business. Because yeah. I mean, you can tell everybody, Hey, you need to hit $2,500 a month minimum in training, or you can say, Hey, your rent is this much, your bills are this much. Where do you need to go to be able to meet that need and still have money left over and start a career and save money? You know? Yeah. And so I'm a, I'm an old girl. I'm 50 years old. So I'm kind of a mom to everybody. So maybe that's, you know, part of my mom. Yeah. You know, well, that's persona. great because that's, that's one thing I, you know, that I think is missing on, you know, and so many of the young trainers and I mean, I was one of them. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think I was, I was a little better than not a better trainer, but I was better with my money than some. And like, cause I, sure. I was already had the business thing in mind, but I think, the way that you set it, basically you're reverse engineering, right? So you're like, okay, this is how much money I want to make. And it's like, okay, so cool. So let's, let's go ahead and go back a few steps and see right. what it takes to get to this. And whenever you do it that way, it makes so much more sense because when you do it the opposite way, be like, yeah, I want to get, you know, I want to sign up X amount of new clients a week. And it's like, okay, well, what is that going to get you though? Right. Like, well, I mean, more money, you know, but it's yeah. like, no, like, let's let's plan this out like you said right i I don't think that they understand their um 
a lot of them don't understand their own finances. They're not, you know, they're usually in their early 20s to mid 20s. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting that a lot of new trainers coming in and they can be great trainers, but if they don't know how to manage or understand the business as it applies to them personally. So you'll yes. have a lot of, one of the things I realized, like even in big box gyms, I'm sure it's the same issue as well, is trainers look at what they're making the business as opposed to what they could be making if they went private. And, yeah. you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. So how do you keep good trainers? You have to, in my opinion, you have to find ways to, number one, you've got to tell them, you know, obviously you work in a gym where there's an influx of people. So yeah. private training, you're going to have to pay for marketing. You're going to have to rent out a facility. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. that goes into it. So, I mean, I don't want to dissuade anybody from going private, but I think you have to earn that right to go private. It takes a long time. You I know. think so. And I mean, I think if you can't manage, you know, your clients in a facility that's being paid for, for right. you, you know, then it's, it's probably not going to work out too well, whenever right, you right. try to go on your own. And I've seen it. And it's so funny, because I, um, and nothing to get not like you guys have those trainers or anything, but I was just kind of on a rant this morning. And I don't know what it was like, sometimes I just get I don't know, something triggers me. And on my <laughs> Facebook story, I was like, so, you know, the biggest thing is I want people you know, when they're looking for a trainer, looking for a coach, even a business coach, whatever, like make sure these people have, you know, a track record and mm -hmm. can get, have like, you know, a history of getting people to the desired result, you know, right. and can do it consistently because right. there's so many times that I see in the industry that, you know, someone, a trainer, you know, quits, they, they quit or they want to start their own business. So, you know, all of a sudden they have a business now. And, you know, they're charging $20 a session or, you know what I mean? Something crazy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there, it, it doesn't last. It never lasts. And these people, I mean, you get what you pay for. It always starts out really good. They end up getting overwhelmed. And in a few weeks, you know, maybe, maybe even a few months, it might go that long. People start getting ghosted, you know, yeah. you can't yeah. hear from them. You don't know where they're at. So yeah, that was yeah. one of my, my things today. <laughs> I have, no, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I have a, um, one of our trainers, um, I worked with him for years. He worked side by side with me when I was a trainer back in mm -hmm. the day. And um, one of his greatest or many of his greatest qualities are that he not only, um, and I think this is a huge miss for, for many trainers and they don't understand the importance of it. This trainer, will always be 10 to 15 minutes early for the client, set up, waiting for that client, completely prepared. And when that client walks in, they never have to look for him. He is always there. And he looks excited when they walk in the door. He is hyper-focused throughout that entire session on that client. And he is motivating throughout. Not only that, he knows his, his stuff. He's just incredible. But yeah. He takes so much ownership in what he does and what he represents for the gym. You know, what he puts out there is, is so incredible that I think that you'll never see him per se send a client off to go warm up on a treadmill or go warm yeah. up on the elliptical for five minutes. You know, they yeah. can do that on their own. They don't pay us to do that. You know, they right. want to come in and get right. a workout. So he yeah. always does an active workout or a dynamic workout with that client to start them out. That is a huge miss. And I feel like, you know, having trainers that take that ownership in the business and that they care about each person and mm -hmm. it's not just a session, 
It's a, yeah. it's a personal relationship with them. Um, yeah. They're rare and hard, and, you know, to find. And so when you get them, hang on to them. You know, that's it's, so true. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And, and that's one, I think that's one way that I, I knew that it was time for me to do something else other than, you know, be, be a trainer, you know, because I've kept, I have three clients right now that I always keep, you know, same clients, you know, regulars. But other than that, I noticed if I, if I, you know, when I was younger, I could handle it. But now, um, even a few years ago, if I got over three to four clients, if I got, if I got to five clients then I was so stressed, you know, for whatever reason, I just, you know, it wasn't there. I couldn't do what you were talking about. I couldn't, mm -hmm. you know, hyper-focus. And yeah, there were times, you know, I was like, some of these people probably didn't get what they were paying for, you know, um, in my early days. And I was like, yeah, I need to, I, I got to scale back here, you know? Yeah. So that's when, I mean, cause there was a, there was a time when I was like, well, all these people were coming in and I had a, a control issue cause I've had, this is year seven of the gym. So in the, the first couple of years, I was like, this person's good, but I'm afraid to pass them off to someone else. You know, oh, because know what if they quit? I was one of those that I had to do everything. Right. And you find out right. the hard way yeah. Uh, yeah, that you can't sustain that. Right. Definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard to pass off our clients we've had for years and years. It very is. Hard. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, it kind of got to like, okay, so if this person is willing to do it and, you know, it, it was all received very well, I was, you know, just got to be straight up and say, hey, I can't. I can't train you and right. still run the business, you know, and do online coaching, things like that. So, um, yeah, it, it works out good. And most things like that, we build them up in our heads to be a lot more than it really ever right. turns out to be. So now when it comes to like getting new clients, um, I'm sure the, you know, like you said earlier, like your demographic so much different um, in the locations. So what are you guys doing right now? Like what's your number one way to get people in the door? For training or membership or both? Um, let's just say, let's say both. So we have a great marketing team. I mean, mm -hmm. very, very fortunate. Um, you know, they send us leads. So they're, it's like a given, you know, but for self-generated leads um, to get people in the door, one of the biggest things I think that we're doing now is like a referral and buddies, bring a buddy. Yep. Um, talking to our clients, talking to our members, um, you know, we've, we've done many things. You know, we've tried all different avenues, you know, bring a, bring a friend in if they sign up for training and they happen to be a training member, the actual member, um, that will waive a payment of their training. Um, sometimes we waive, bring in some referrals, we'll waive one month membership. You know, we do all those things that kind of, they're incentive to bring somebody in. But yeah. a lot of the time, you know, it's just a matter of just talking to people, just bring your friend, bring your mom in, you know, we start yeah. to have conversation with them. So that's been yeah. one of the biggest, we do um, some events, um, you know, there's a few other things that we do. So sometimes social media has been really good for us. Yeah, we have a lot of people find us on social media try to connect with people in the city. So because each um, of our locations, like Pasadena, we're in what they call the Playhouse Village. And so it's this kind of little tight knit community. And 
So what we kind of do is walk over to the businesses, um, offer discounts for memberships just to get people in the door. One of the things I don't know, you know, how many other Anytime Fitnesses do this, but somebody gets a seven day pass, which is, mm -hmm. you know, we'll hand out seven day passes all day long. When they do a seven day pass, typically on a seven day pass, you don't put somebody with a trainer. We right. like to put them with a trainer during that seven day pass. That's yeah. a, a, a real good moment. It, very least it's going to sell the membership yeah so, yeah for sure yeah, yeah and i mean they have they have the, the point of contact with them there the whole time too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's and that's that's a really good thing to do so now as far as your training what do you guys do for that like to get people into the training um, i mean i know that you i know people get like their session i didn't know if there's any other way that you were so them. we have a couple things um, I, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with eVolt or in-body scanners? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. have an eVolt at our, our Pasadena location. We have a lot of people who are very interested in that. As soon as we got it, it became like this big thing in the club. And at first, you know, we don't charge for it. You can, yeah. you can get an eVolt scan every month. And mm -hmm. for anybody coming in who wants to meet with a trainer, the trainer will always, that first time meeting with them, get them on the e-vault and have them yeah. just scan, go over all of that information with them that they're, you know, the parts they're interested in and explain to them. So this is your starting point. Now, where do you want to get to? What does this look yeah. like for you? And so that's been a yeah. really great selling point for us, you know, for training. Um, people like to track stuff. I mean, we yes. all have an app for everything on our phone. So yeah. e-vault has an app and that becomes a, a, a great tool for us as far as the training. But I, I, I think that, Overall, our variety of things that we offer in each of the clubs, everything from kickboxing to regular boxing to small group training, team training, and one-on-one -on -one training. And it's funny, like I said, with each club, there's a different demographic. So we're heavy into right. personal training at Pasadena, whereas at Culver City, it's more of a small group vibe. Yeah. And our El Segundo location is uh, heavier on personal training. Okay, so. yeah. Yeah, that's so that's so funny to me, just how how different it is at, at those mm -hmm. locations. And I but think yeah, you that... get a variety with your trainers if you get a variety of different talents. Um, I try not to just hire the regular PT that comes in that wants a job. I want a PT that's got maybe their background, they have a CES or performance enhancement specialist certification, something different. We have an yeah. RD on staff in our Culver City location, which is great. It's very helpful. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and one thing too that's funny, like you talked about the in body, and mm -hmm. a lot of times it'll it'll almost sell. I mean, the packages for you, like or yep. the the Evo. When people get on there, they're like, "Oh my <laughs> god," you know? Yeah. Like, and most people, because I always like to ask people, I'm like, "Well, where do you think you're at?" You know? And they're exactly. like, "Oh, well, yeah, I, this is what I am." And my body fat percentage is this. I'm like, "Well, how do you know that?" Well, my scale at home. I'm like, "Okay." Like I'm probably like 10% and I'm like 10%. Okay. Yeah. Let's you get know. some real numbers. Yeah. Some real numbers. And then most people were like, man, like, you know, you can just kind of see it. And it's not that I like for people to, to feel defeated or anything like that. You know what I mean? Sure. But it's just like, this thing is real. And I mean, it's done the same thing with me. Like when I get on there, I'm like, man, like, this is right. <laughs> not what I thought. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Now, other than that, so um, the only thing we haven't talked about really is staff. So 
Um, now, as far as your, what, what does it look like staff wise? Like as far as trainers per location and like front desk or, or managers, stuff like that. So we have four to five trainers per location and usually about two to three staff um, for sales. And that would include um, general managers at each of the facilities. Okay. Okay. Except cool. for Pasadena, I, I'm pretty much the GM there. And yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the one that you're at most of the time then? Yes. Pasadena. yes. Okay. Now, how often do you go to the others? Um, I try to go like, well, you know what? I go when I'm needed always. And then yeah. I go, yeah, yeah. and then I go to pop in and check in on things, which I think, you know, is always good to do. So yeah. There's my my regular one to two times a week, and then there's a pop-in time usually. So I do quite okay. a bit of traveling, but you know it's yeah. necessary. And oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast here. So one thing I always like to ask people, um, like in a year from now, what does growth look like for you guys? I would like in a year from now to double our member base at each club. Um, okay. I would like our training, hopefully in a year from now, we will be beyond where we were pre-COVID. So I want to get us back to pre-pandemic. Yeah. And then yeah. in a year from now, hopefully we'll have surpassed that greatly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so big goals there, but definitely, uh, Definitely achievable though, I think. You yeah, know? yeah. All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gabby, for being on the podcast today. Um, it, it was, was a great pleasure. time. We had uh, some good conversation. I know the audience got some good value. So thank you again for coming out. Cool, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Suzanne Klaus, owner of Forward Fitness in Missouri. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, you are very welcome. I appreciate you being on. I'm excited to hear more about you and Forward Fitness. So let's get into it. Tell us about the facility, your culture, your community, everything that you're doing there at Forward Fitness. Sure. So we are about a 2,000 square foot gym in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, 
I would like to think of our gym as kind of like the cheers um, where like everybody knows your name. Um, you know, when you come in, you know somebody, you make friends outside of the gym um, and you're just really happy to be there. We focus on functional training. So we do personal training, nutrition and small group training. And um, what else then we do? Uh, we have mobility classes as well. And what else did you ask? I'm sorry. No, no, that was it. Just really your summary okay. in a nutshell, you know, what you do and who you are. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty good place to start for sure. Okay. So um, you've been in business for seven years, correct? Or just going on seven years? Yes. January 6th will be seven. Have you been in the same location where you are for those seven years or six plus almost seven? Yes, we have. Okay, cool. So I, I want to get to where we are now, but I think that to do it justice, we're going to hit the rewind button to start off. So take us back, you know, what happened? What was the impetus, you know, just about seven years ago that made you say like, this is it. We're opening this facility. We're doing this. What was, what was going on in your life? What was your background and how did it come to be? So I had uh, been working in a hospital. Um, I have a degree in medical dietetics. After that, I transitioned to working into a gym. I always knew I did not want to be in the hospital setting long-term, but you kind of just have to pay your dues. <laughs> so I was in another um, small gym, and then the time just came after about a year and a half, two years maybe, where um, it just kind of got to a point where I wanted to go in one direction um, that wasn't where the gym was headed. So my husband was actually also working at the gym as well. He always wanted to have his own space. And so we decided, okay, it's time, let's do this. We found a space um, and we're open in less than two months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you decide you're doing it, sign the lease, you build it out, you open the doors. What did things look like for you on day one? Did you have clients from other places that you brought in? Did you do pre-sale? How did you get the ball rolling once you were open? So we had about 30 clients um, that came with us. We had, um, during that, like the build out time, we got permission from another gym to train some people who wanted to just keep training with us right away. Uh, so my husband, Mike, was training people in that space while I was kind of working on the back end stuff. Um, we did like painting, flooring, we had kettlebells, dumbbells, um, and then opened our space and just then kept adding things as we started to grow. Okay, cool. So you have, you have different things. You have some group training, you have some personal training. As far as the way you execute your brand of fitness, your training, the, the holistic approach that you have there, has it always been the way that it is now or have you built on different ideas, different services along the way? What's that progress looked like? So we've always done monthly memberships. Um, sorry, you pay monthly, but we do 12 month membership. Okay. Um, we kind of work to getting that 12 month membership, like everybody trans like transferred over to that, um, the more confidence we had in ourselves. Cause I think as you're starting a new business, you're a little bit, um, you know, 
I guess not scared, but just you don't have as much confidence as you do. So um, yeah. we weren't asking for that like 12 month membership on the get go. And now that's our standard. It's a 12 month um, membership. So we've worked to do that. Um, everything's paid monthly. Um, and we always have done like sessions per week, but you have the whole membership month to use them. So if you're sick or, you know, out of town, you don't just lose those sessions. Okay. So not like unlimited membership or something like that's all based on however many times, you know, so if it's a three times a week membership, they get 12 or 13 visits in the course of the month. Yes, we do have an unlimited class membership, which I know like we're kind of trying to transition out of that, but it, it is there right now. Okay. Hey, you have to do what works for you and what you find works in your facility. And that's a good thing about being the boss, right? Is if you want to try a different way, you can, and it has the desired outcome, you keep it. And if not, you try something else. So right. um, I think, I don't think there's any one way to skin a cat. I think it's just a matter of what works with everything else you're doing and, and where your highest return of effort or client discomfort or whatever you have to put into it is going to come from. So, uh, but the majority of what you do is session-based. Yes. Cool. Cool. So you, um, you opened with 30 clients, you added people, things continued to grow. Uh, what did you do to grow the business? Was it all word of mouth, referrals? Did you do any advertising? How did you get to, you know, where your peak membership was in that 140, 150 range before the, the pandemic hit? Sure. So, I mean, we've done a few different things. One of the biggest things is just being active in our community. Um, Maplewood, where we're located, is just a small little, like, town. Um, there's a really good chamber of commerce. So we show up to the chamber meetings. We show up to the other ribbon cuttings. We introduce ourselves. We, um, whenever we get a new member, we, you know, are asking, okay, who's your biggest supporter? Um, who else are, you know, are you working with on this goal to try to get referrals? We'll hand out, like, a VIP pass, um, if appropriate, where they get, um, a 30 day pass to the gym where they come in. And, um, so we're just getting more members that way. We've done Yelp before, um, for like a few months, you know, we, we found, we got like one, maybe two people and then things kind of fizzled out. Um, we do, we've gotten a lot from like Google searches just mm -hmm. organically, um, so that's been really great. And then since we are in that neighborhood area, we've, um, we get a lot of walk-bys and okay, something, cool. yeah, we have a little, um, like blackboard chalkboard outside. And mm -hmm. recently I've just been trying to put different, like motivational quotes to hopefully strike a chord with somebody. And we've, we've seen some success with that so far too. So are you in like a, a retail space, like a main street type of area where you're located? We're just, there's a main strip and we're a little ways off the strip where it's becoming more residential, which I think is actually more beneficial for us. Okay. But you're not, you're not back in a warehouse in some industrial park. You actually have some reasonable foot in car traffic. Yes. That, that's always, I mean, they say that, you know, the biggest things in, in real estate, location, 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 right? So you can't go wrong having, having that, having that visibility. So, um, yeah. 
so you you grow the business, you grow your team, you you have a couple of trainers, right? It's it's yourself and your husband working there, so dynamic duo, probably some sort of yin and yang. Things are rolling. Bring it as close to current as we can. Pandemic hits. Uh, what did that look like for you? What did it look like for the St. Louis area? Uh, what did you do? You know, if you had lockdowns, what did that situation? How did that unfold? Sure. So I remember it was St. Patrick's Day was the last day we were open. Um, and then we didn't open again until June 15th. So I think that's like three months um, yeah. that we were closed for. But um, we literally on the 18th, we were up and rolling with our Facebook live sessions. Um, we do our like our personal training program via an app. So we were able to we were actually in the process of transitioning to that. So mm -hmm. we like all speed ahead, like um, transferred people's programs over to um, an app so we could still track what they were doing. We made changes so that um, they could use whatever equipment they had at home. Um, and then we also tried to really pay attention to like community building because obviously uh, lockdown was very isolating. So we tried to like, we came up with like the quarantine games where we were just promoting like healthy things where like get 10,000 steps in a day, um, do these like simple things that um, are still promoting your health and fitness. Um, we had like a, you know, a gratitude challenge through that. Um, so we just try to keep our community alive um, via like our Facebook group. We have a small, um, or a Facebook group that's just for our members. So we would post a lot in there and try to keep things um, going. Yeah, so you basically, with, with no real playbook at all for this type of stuff, you went and figured out every, every lever you could pull, every button you could push to keep the community engaged, to keep people you know, on track with their, their physical and their mental health. Basically, yeah. whatever it was there, you were gonna try it. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. You mentioned that you use an app and, you know, I don't want to get too far into the techie details, but it does come up sometimes. What do you use to distribute your programming and online, uh, whatever materials you have to your clients? So we use bridge tracker. Okay. Um, how did you, did you try any other apps? What was the, how did you determine that that was going to be the one that you used? So we hadn't tried any other apps. It was kind of what was recommended to us by other gym owners and that so um that's kind of we just went full steam ahead with that okay you tried it and you liked it and you stuck with it ever since yes okay perfect nothing wrong with that if it works if the members are happy and whoever's whoever's on the other side whether it's you or someone on the staff if it's working i'm i'm all about that so you reopened you have things rock and rolling again like like everybody, you took a little bit of a hit on the membership base. Some people, you know, for different reasons, will probably still continue to trickle back, but you've really rebounded a lot. What have you done as far as re-engaging your, your clients who, you know, you may have lost during the lockdown. I know you didn't lose a whole lot, but people who may have went away during the lockdown and getting new people interested since you've been reopened. So, um, I mean, we just got back out in the community as much as you could with, you know, all the guidelines in place, um, put out like 
try to be really consistent with our um, like Facebook posts, our emails, adding to our website. So we found that um, just a lot of people have been able to find us very easily if they search for a gym in our area. Uh, so that's been really helpful. Um, we've done just, you know, asking for referrals from our members is huge. And then really just trying to keep that, like that fun feeling going. Um, because anytime you go somewhere, I feel like it's, you're just almost reminded uh, that you're in a pandemic or, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like normal. And so we just try to bring as much like positivity and fun while still getting like the results and everything um, at the gym. So people kind of feel like, okay, this is a place where I feel safe and I can have fun and um, I want to go back. Awesome. Awesome. So doing everything, really everything that you can. I, I love that you have an active um, effort to get referral business in because it's great that it happens, but it happens a lot more if you ask or if you are proactive in it, because a lot of people want to refer. They just don't know how it's, it's not as easy as, you know, you and I may, or some other people may think like, Hey, if somebody's really excited, they're going to talk about it. And somebody's going to say, Hey, I want to join your gym. And it's really not a conversation that happens naturally versus if you say to somebody like, who's your biggest supporter? What's your circle look like? Who would be, a, you know, who do you think would be a good fit? So it gives them some control in the process too in thinking about it. And then you, you facilitate it, you know, as, as necessary. So I love that you do that. So you're covering all those bases. And I know that you said you, you dipped your toes in the water with Yelp a little bit, and it sounds like your experience is, unfortunately pretty equal to what a lot of small gym owners find. I think maybe big gyms like LA Fitness or Planet Fitness do well with that stuff, but it doesn't seem to work that well for micro gyms from, from what I've seen. Um, what about any other avenues? Like, have you done sponsored ads with Google or paid any money into Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook, Instagram machine? Have you, have you gotten into any of that stuff? Um, so we have, we've not done anything with Google, but we have, you know, paid a little bit into into Facebook for ads or boosted posts, things like that. What was your experience with that like? Um, no, I wouldn't say it was anything like groundbreaking. I think for us, what we've seen the most success with is just be consistent in the content you're putting out, the referrals you're asking for, going out, being, um, getting in front of people. Um, is where yeah that's where we've seen the best result absolutely so that really naturally brings us to because most of the people that are coming in the door our referrals or word of mouth or people that have been following you on social media it makes the sales process feel a lot less salesy like people already have some familiarity they at least have an idea of what they think you do whether you have to wrangle that in or not is always always fun but do you have a structure in place as far as once somebody raises their hand and says, Suzanne, I'm interested. I want to know about you in the gym. What's the process that you bring them through? So we give everybody a complimentary strategy session where it's about 45 minutes and we come in and we just, we want to learn more about them, um, hear what their goals are, and also make sure it's like a good fit um, for a culture and that, you know, we like them, they like us. We'll do a movement screen um, to help us with our programming, um, answer their questions, and then figure out what the best package for them will be. 
Okay. And do people come in and normally is it, you know, they come in and they sign up on whatever the first month is of what they're going to be doing, or do you have a, a set onboarding package where maybe they do some private training and then do group training? But what does that usually look like? I know there's always outliers, but what does the typical look like? Sure. So, I mean, once we've kind of established what package um, is best for them, we schedule their first session while they're still in their strategy session. So we know when that's going to be. And then um, they get paired with an accountability coach. Okay. And that accountability coach, especially for that first month, is making sure like that they've scheduled their workout sessions. They're coming in on that regular basis. Um, And then they get like an initial, like we call it a goal getter session where we just um, meet one more time, check in on the goals, um, figure out, okay, what is that first habit that you're really working on? And for most people, it's like, I need to make sure I make it in the gym so many times a week. Um, However, there are some people who, because they're paying for it, it's like, that's a no brainer. I'm not going to like struggle with that. And then maybe it's like, I need to eat breakfast or, you know, get my sleep in or something like that. Okay. So you're really providing to the extent that people will take you up on it, right? Because we can't force it. But you know, what, what somebody I think referred to once that I liked is the kind of the three pillars, you have fitness, nutrition, and accountability, because the neither one, you know, the fitness or the nutrition, it doesn't work if you don't do it. And usually at least to begin, we need somebody as humans to kind of help us build habits. And then once we do, it's like, all right, this is just part of who I am. It's my new identity. And then it, it gets to be a little more hands-off and the progress goes. You know, every once in a while we need to get rain back in, but just knowing that right off the bat, you're assigning people to someone who's an accountability coach, it puts you light years ahead, I think, as far as, um, you know, membership, retention, client results. It seems like everything you're doing is aimed towards not just like, what service do I want to throw out there? It's like all of this is pointing towards what's going to get my clients the best results for as long as they stay with us. So again, kudos to you for, I mean, seven years in business, you've probably tried some things and found what you liked and what you didn't like, but you know, that's going to be serving you pretty well to have that, that results focus. Yeah, we've, we've definitely tried some things and we, we do like the accountability um, coach and piece to it. We just feel like, I mean, not everybody like always responds when we reach out, but I mean, as long as they're showing up in the gym, we're happy. Um, and, but we're there for that extra guidance, um, for those that need it. Fantastic. So I know that, you know, we talked a little bit off air and you mentioned, mentioned it when we started that, that you're a dietitian. So you have nutrition services in the gym and that's, that's a big piece. And I like to dive into some of these additional things where we can add value to clients. How do you execute that in the scope of your service? Is it rolled into memberships? Is it, do you have optional? Is it a la carte? How do people get that? Because we know that 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 really supercharges or, or drives people's results as far as their, their internal health, but also body composition, you know, different goals. So how do you execute that? So as part of that, like I, I do all of the like goal getter sessions and during that time, we'll, we'll touch on nutrition. We go through like basically the things that are happening outside of the gym. So like stress, sleep and nutrition, and then kind of talk about 
some of like the big areas of change that they could make. Um, and if somebody doesn't do the, um, the come to the gym so many times a week as their first goal, it's typically going to be a nutrition focused goal. Um, and then if they want anything outside of that, then it's signing up for a package. So I do um, five, a pack of five sessions, and then people can, if they want more, they can do more. Okay. All right. So you do offer it a couple of different ways. So it gives, gives some flexibility, lets people get an idea of what it may be like to have that extra I wouldn't say not even accountability, that extra information and coaching, and then they can take it and go from there. And, you know, I think a lot of times for, for people who are doing nutrition, the end goal is almost always to get people to be autonomous, right? We're going to keep, we're going to show you how to make good choices. And if we have these conversations enough times, you're not going to need me. And from a business standpoint, that may not always sound the best, but from a coaching relationship, it sounds like that's how you approach it. Like we'll do five, see where you are. If you need more, maybe you can look at another five. Is that how you look at it? Yes. Um, I definitely want people to be able to really take ownership and to be able to continue with their nutrition without me. Got it. Got it. Cool. So what other services, what other things are you offering as far as added value to the clients? Are you, are you providing any supplements or do you have relationships with any suppliers in the area? Do you do apparel? I know you're doing the, the online. So um, how, do, how are you executing those other services, the value adds? So we have um, like a, a fridge up front with like ready to drink protein shakes. And then we also do apparel. Okay. So nothing in the lines of like protein powders or different supplements, things like that. Just the, the ready to drink shakes and the apparel. Yeah, so we did try protein powders for a while, but it just, our clients weren't like, they would just go to Costco and buy whatever. So it's, it wasn't something that made sense for us to continue to do. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And it's like the, the bane of existence of a lot of gym owners, because, um, you know, statistically, we know people are buying these things, right? The supplement industry is twice what the, the fitness industry is. But it's the same thing. If you have it, they might buy it from you once and then go to Costco or then go to Amazon or they don't, you, they never have, you, they never want the flavor that you have. Like everybody wants chocolate one month and then next month people want kiwi peach. What the heck? So yeah, it's, kudos to you for trying it, right? But knowing that unless you, unless you can really get that super dialed in, uh, really you're putting money that sits on a shelf and gets dusty and then you might get the sale once, make two or three dollars on some protein and your time where you could be coaching someone, doing those goal getter sessions or whoever might be doing it is kind of not allocated the best way that's not only profitable for the business, but also going to give clients the best results. So you tried it though, right? So that's kind of the ongoing theme is if you think something to help your clients, you'll try it. If it works, keep it. If not, hey, Costco is great. Right. I, I, we do a lot of shopping at Costco. I can't fault them for that. So, um, what else do you have? What else do you have in your future plans for the gym? You know, it's one of those things where it's great to talk about what we're doing and tactically, it sounds like you have a lot of your ducks in a row. Everything sounds very well thought out, very client centric. 
And that's kind of where we are in the here and now. And I know we want to get back to those pre-COVID numbers, but is there a next thing? Is there a second facility? Is there a bigger facility? Is there another branch of the business? Like I love, um, you know, um, the idea of the big, hairy, audacious goal. Like you're young, you probably have a lot of time in the fitness world ahead of you. Like what else is on your, your dream chart? Um, I mean, getting better every day is like the biggest thing. Um, we do a lot with continuing education. Um, and I would say like getting to 150 members in our current space is that next step. And then after that, you know, potentially um, a slightly bigger space. Um, we love the location where we're at and real estate is somewhat hard to find. Um, we've tossed around the idea of maybe putting a, like a, a second location somewhere further west, um, but we really haven't like solidified if that's something that we really wanna do. Cause I think it also comes back to like lifestyle design and how, you know, how do you want your day to go? And do you wanna like drive all the way out to check on another space? Um, so we're still kind of figuring out that next piece post um, getting to that 150 mark. Awesome. It's again, you know, the things, it sounds like nothing gets, gets on the planner or gets on the wish list with you. And, and I'm sure a lot of it is, is collaboration with, with you and Mike of what is our life going to look like if we do this, right? If we have this second facility, you know, can we open it up and, and have maybe have a manager in place and, and we just, we own it and, and it's, you're never going to be fully hands off with any type of in-person business, but there's, there's thought behind it as far as like, yes, it seems like a nice idea, but how prepared can we be for it? If that's the case, if we decide to do it. So mm -hmm. um, I think, again, it just seems like not analysis paralysis for you is obviously you've done things, you've grown you've added all these different things in, but it's always been, let's be calculated about it. Let's be as sure as we can be. And it sounds almost scientific the way you go about it. Maybe a little bit. I would say like when we first opened the gym, it was like baptism by fire. Like, okay, we're doing this. Like we got that quick turnaround. Um, but yes, I do definitely like to be prepared and I want to make sure that it's something I can like put my heart and soul into. Um, and especially like we're at that, well, at least I'm at that age where like, you know, we kind of want to start a family soon and like, so prioritizing, like, I don't want to be somebody who's never there, but I also want to like have my own like health and fitness goals that I want to make sure I have time for. Um, so looking at all those pieces and trying to figure out what's going to work best. Absolutely. So is there anything else about the facility, about what you're doing, about how, what you've built there that you think other gym owners could hear about, whether it's your culture, your community, some of the different aspects you've gone in, like the floor is yours. What do you think? What else do you think you, you do really well that's led to the success that you've had? That's led to you having so many people stay with you through COVID. What, what's the intangible or what are the intangibles that go on in your four walls? 
so one thing that kind of jumps out, like we always like have talked about, we want this great culture in our gym. We want it to be a place where people know each other. But in the beginning, um, yes, people were friendly to each other, but it wasn't the community that we have now. And I think part of that was on us because we didn't introduce people. So like if somebody comes over to your house for a dinner party with other people, you don't just not introduce them. So we really took it upon ourselves to anytime a new person comes in, try to connect them with another member. Um, if we know that they have like interests, you know, bring that up, say, you know, hey, this is so-and-so, they play soccer too. And um, that really helps to foster that uh, community build. And then we've done things like, um, like we have a, a forward fitness Thanksgiving every year minus COVID, um, where it's like a huge potluck and people just come in and um, we've done things to like really show members that we care. Like this year we did like a gratitude wall where um, I made like little apple ornaments with each person's name and something that we were thankful for them about um, on the back so they could take that home with them. Um, so just all those little things that, you know, really show that we care about our members um, and that help people to, to think about your place as a place where they feel like welcome, that they have friends. It's like the best part of their day. Yeah. And it, the thing that, that I'm thinking as you're going through this is it's, it's kind of bookended for you in that you're getting out in the community on the front end, you're out, you're at events, you're, you know, I think that the town is small, right? Eight to 10,000 people where you are. So I'm sure you're seeing your members before and after their members, you're seeing them out at the grocery store, the Target or the Costco <laughs> or wherever it is. And then, so you're saying like, hey, we've, we've met via this community that we have where we know each other and we're going to have continuity where you come in, it's still going to be that small town feel as far as people knowing each other, people knowing each other's kids and what they're doing, what activities. And it's just kind of a natural flow that's, it's going to be great for all the reasons that would keep people out of the gym. Right? So now they, there's familiarity, they know people, the atmosphere is a certain way. And then the things that keep them in, which is, you know, having that that continuity of community. So we know the stickier they are, the better your community is, the longer people stay, the better results they get, the more their life has changed, the more they tell other people. And it's just, instead of a vicious cycle, if it goes wrong, it's a virtuous cycle where it just keeps feeding into itself. And, you know, seven years later, here you are, right? So while you may have, may have had to fly by the seat of your pants early, you figured out this is what works to have the business that we want it to be, right? It's not just black and white. It's not how many dollars at the bottom of the, of the balance sheet. It's are we doing it in a way that we feel good about that's in line with our values. And it just, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's a snowball that is just ever increasing in size. Yes. Yeah. We've definitely put a lot of work and thought into helping to build that. Yeah. I just, I love when, when somebody, you know, talks the talk and walks the walk. So we are um, almost out of time, but one of my favorite things to ask, especially when clients are, you know, have been, or, or people, you know, have been in business for a long time and have a good amount of clients. If you could go back, you know, seven years ago to where, where everything was getting dreamt up when you're getting ready to build this thing, 
if you could tell yourself one thing or give yourself one lesson that you think would have been the biggest, biggest game changer, what do you think it would be? Um, so definitely like have confidence in yourself and your product, be willing to, to charge your value. Um, and don't think about sales as like sales per se. It's like, you're getting to know somebody and you're helping them. Like they want to be there. They called you, they showed up for the strategy session or whatever it is. Don't feel awkward asking for the sale because they're there for a reason and you, you should help them. <laughs> Amen. That's, um, I love that attitude because, you know, as we discussed earlier, like basically all of us in this industry get in it to help people. And a lot of what we need to do is help people sometimes get out of their own way, help them make the decision that's going to change their life, help them see, hey, what you've done, maybe it didn't work the best for you. And if we think that we have a solution that's going to be genuinely helpful, we have to ask them if they want it, right? It's not, you're not selling somebody a used car with three wheels. You're selling them, you know, the key to, you know, and it sounds like hyperbole sometimes, but a longer, better life. So yeah, ask for it, put it in front of them. Like, hey, can I help you change your life today? Sign on the dotted line. And so yeah. I, I, I really love that. Okay, we are officially out of time, but we do need to get one more piece of information from you. For people listening, if they wanna find you, what's your website, what are your social media handles? Anything that you have, give it to us. Sure, so on Instagram, we're forward underscore fitness, STL, like St. Louis. Our website is uh, forwardfitnessstl.com um, and Facebook, we're Forward Fitness. Fantastic. Well, I hope everybody goes, checks you out. I think the website is killer. Social media is, is great and see, you know, you have it really laid, laid out well. I think it's easy to navigate what services you offer. Um, if somebody is looking for a facility, you want to try it and you're west of St. Louis in that area, check out Suzanne and Forward Fitness. Uh, Suzanne, if anybody wants to reach out, pick your brain about what you've done, your trials and tribulations as a gym owner, are you open to that too? Yes, I would definitely be. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. It's been great having you on today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. And to everybody out there listening, we hope you think it was great too. I'm a little bit biased, but if you want to hear more episodes, if you found some some value and inspiration in this. If you're out there doing the thing, changing the lives, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, we'd love to have you come on, talk about your business model, how you do it, where you're doing it, all of those good things. Click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking butt. Gym Lords, Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.